what is poppin the boys and girls we are back with another meeting of minds podcast with yours truly johnny marciano slamming it out we got a little bit of rainfall here in montreal nice summer day cool it off a bit because it's been hot as fuck but we love it i love it this is what summer's all about i'm not a winter guy moving on to the show we got a really cool dude great talent Good person, Gino G, a.k.a. Atrox, giving us a great interview. It was cool to get inside his mind, see how he was inspired, where he came about, what brought him to what he is today and where he's going to go. Very talented individual with a lot of um, ammunition and drive, and he's going to go very far in his career. I feel it. So dive into the show, and I'll see you on the other side. Gino G, a.k.a. Atrox, is a very talented DJ producer based out of Montreal. His heavy, driving techno sound was formed from such influences as Slam, Victor Ruiz, and Robert S., just to name a few. Music has been passed down to him and his family, and with releases on Craftec, Suara, Analytic Trail, Unity Records, Funkin' Deep, and Phobic, just to name a few, the best part of all of it is that he hasn't even gotten started yet. Let's welcome Atrox. What's up, hey. man? <laughs> How you doing? I mean, great. How are you? Very good, very good. Um, I'm happy to have you on the show finally. Thank you. It worked out. Let's start off by telling people your journey. How did your music career start off and who were your influences? Um, uh, I guess it started off at a young age. At around like four or five years old, my, my dad put me in piano at his music school. So I studied that for like five years, and then I switched over to drums. Okay. Um, I took drums very seriously. About at 15, I started a band called Bleeding Halo. We did like a, we were a metal band. We did like a little tour in like Cornwall. Mm, not a tour actually, just Cornwall and Montreal, you know? <laughs> yeah, it felt, like, it felt like a tour then. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it's um, major, dude. Yeah, um, we, and then I did that till I was like 18, then we split up. Um, and I started going to area. I started going to area in like 2004. Wow. And like I saw like DJ Dan, back to back, Bad Boy Bill, and Ferry Corston, and all these people that really influenced me. And uh, I got obsessed with the sound and the music. And then it was actually Mike Larry that really pushed me to produce. I mean, I, I got to make a shout out to Perry too, and there's like other friends as well that really of pushed course. me, but yeah. like Larry was already really involved with it. Yep. And then so, you know, we hung out all the time. So he kept pushing me to do it and do it and do it. And then finally I bought the machine and I started producing. Right. And I had no genre. I was just making anything that came to yeah, mind, yeah. you know. And, uh, and then I kind of started to grow from there. For influences, is that what you yeah, asked? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, influences? Uh, definitely anything metal. My whole life I was a metalhead. Like Mudvayne and, and Slipknot is like oh, yeah, my like major, real major. Metal. Yeah, real. They really pushed me. Um, still to this day, every, every, everything that I make, every vibe that I have comes from Mudvayne and Slipknot, mm -hmm. which I continuously listen to mm -hmm. all the time. And then Tiesto was my major obsession in like 2004, 2005 with his like huge hits, like Search for Sunrise wow, and... Uh, that vibe, and, uh, man. Yeah, Walking on Clouds, I think it was. Um, you know, all those hits, they were incredible, yeah, right? They changed my life. And then... What got me to the dark side of electronic music was definitely James Holden back in like 2005 mm -hmm. with like some polyphony. I think it was Petter and James Holden, some yep. polyphony, I think it was. 
and uh, all, all of it is like incredible, like minimal, real minimal. Not today's bleeps mm-hmm, and bloops, mm-hmm. like real, real minimal, you know? It was a journey of minimal there. Oh, big time. That's all yeah. I listen to. I even think Format B was kind of minimal back then, you know? Definitely was a different vibe. Yeah, big time. It different elements. Dark yeah. And Petter, and like the sky was pink, like all those classics. Oh, wow, oh my dude. God, you know? That's timeless um, shit. Timeless, timeless, timeless. Timeless. I played the sky was pink at stereo uh, like, like maybe a year ago. Yeah. Oh, and then there was even uh, August in Paris. I don't know if you know that song by uh, Jennifer Cardini. Yes, 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 yes. Not yes. insanely classic. So these are all tracks that really influenced the direction that I went. Oh, and actually, my my biggest influence, actually, by far, is Matrix. By far, Matrix. There's nothing bigger of an influence for me in electronic music than Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then Masio Plex for my deeper side. Yeah. And he's been my idol because he dominated two sides. And in, in my opinion, he made the best dark, I guess, kind of minimal techno yeah. like from So Real yeah. to uh, Paradigm Paradigm Shift and uh, what, Paradigm House, was it? And like all of his old tracks as Matrix that was dark and yeah, amazing, yeah. you know? And then he came out as Masioplex and just made the definition of Deep House, you know? Like the, oh man, your style. When he came out with your style, like that, that was the definition yeah, yeah, of Deep yeah, House yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. you know? So he's been a major inspiration because I've always made Deep House. I probably have like, a hundred plus tracks of Deep House at home that I've never signed. Yeah. And then he made this techno-ish kind of style that was like another king. Yeah. You know, so he's yeah. dominant. For me, he's king. Yeah. He reigns yeah, supreme. Yeah, for both both sides. Yeah. yeah. And so how would you, like, you know, you, your journey started off from what I remember being, you know, Gino G, mm-hmm. where you're with the more Deep House vibes, like yeah. you're saying. And then you transferred into the dungeon techno yeah. with Aatrox. What happened? What was the the catalyst like it like it what happened was i made a track it got signed to moan yeah and moan is like like a well-known label mm-hmm. i think I, someone told me once you're like the sister label to uh something to do with marco carolla or something okay. I don't know, they're supposed to be like kind of a big deal so like it was important to me to sign to them they're from italy yeah and they wrote to me and they said look we like your track but we won't sign you as gino g he's they're like it's reminds okay. me too much of our friends here in italy it's a too common of a name, <laughs> and it almost sounds kind of hip-hop. Yeah. It's like, all right, or whatever. pop. Yeah, Gino exactly. G. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, I really wanted to be on the label, you know? So I wasn't... I, I did so much marketing with Gino G. I'd made, like, blown the dark bracelets and all this yeah, stupid shit. Yeah, of course. Shit. And uh, so, like, I was like, you know, fuck it. It kind of sucks, but uh, whatever. I'll, I'll change. So I wanted something to represent more of my darker style of music. Yeah. Um, so I started searching Latin words. Yeah. And I came across Aatrox, which means like fierce, aggressive, punishing, stuff like that. So I'm like, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I want this to represent. Right, with the style too. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like over the years, I've, I've come to realize that what I want out of Aatrox is I want it to be a sense of relief through pain. Mm-hmm. In the sense that like, I want you to like have a shit day at work and be all pissed off about your job. You didn't get that raise and you come to my show and you just like stomp the ground. You just, you just yeah, get yeah, yeah. all that anger out. And when you leave, it's you're relieved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like therapy. You're at peace. You're at peace. Yeah. It's like therapy. You know, yeah. Metallica, Metallica used to say that if they didn't make metal, if they didn't have Metallica, they'd be in jail mm-hmm. because they didn't need a therapist. They just needed music. Mm-hmm. And it always was that sense of relief that, you know, people pay professionals to get to. Right. To and get, you, and you could tell just by Metallica's tracks yeah. and what they were speaking about and the vibe, you know, that there's 100%. a lot of fucking, oh man. And that's what kept them in a sense out of trouble. It kept them, you know, kept them safe. And that's what I want from Aatrox. I want people to come, 
and let me be. Let, I want to be their therapist in a sense. Right, you know? right, right, right. Stomp the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you change the name, and then they sign the track. Then they sign the track. Yeah, That's exactly. Crazy. They change the name. They sign the track. Um, and then I, my goal at the time was to split. So I, I worked on Gino G for maybe another year after that. And I would sign all my Deep House and as, stuff like that as Gino G, yeah. or even Tech House, but anything lighter with a lighter vibe. Yeah. And then I kept pushing Aatrox, you know? But Aatrox started to get more recognition through more respectable DJs. Yeah. Um, so I started, you know, my, my focus kind of shift towards Aatrox more because I really wanted to build a career out of this. Of course. So I wanna, um, and then, the, yeah, so the more like recognized people started to play it, the more I focused. And then when Trust Me came out, um, it did it did fairly well so i i was like okay i'm gonna stick with this That's and then the i kind of dropped like like i would make deep house just for myself like i even have like i have so many aliases i have one called shy girls love us and that's like i call it like baby making music yeah you know yeah. it's like really like indie uh, what is it, like it's indie electro slash indie rock mm -hmm. you know I'm, i do all the vocals and like it's all harmonies and it's all like sexy and shit like that so I've always wanted to push that too, but that like belongs on like Netflix or like the yeah, movies yes. or something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So do you think all this, uh, all your talent was, well not inspired, but was, was created through the music school? You think that through was- my dad. Through your dad? All through my father. Yeah, your 100%. dad, what was his, he played? Oh my God, my, my dad, my dad teaches piano, sax, guitar, bass, and vocals. Okay. And he has a degree, um, graduate, he has a master's degree in music and in jazz particularly um so he plays yeah he plays all those instruments and then he and he teaches like every instrument on the son at the yeah. school and what he did is growing up he used to every sunday every sunday since i could remember i must have been like six years old or maybe a little or seven yeah, i don't yeah. know but very young yeah he used to bring me to like hmv or whatever and he would buy me a tape every sunday every single sunday cultivating first tape the first tape i ever got was def leppard <laughs> That's the first one he bought me. He would or take me for a tape. I still remember the picture of the album, and yeah. it was a key. It was like a, a door, like a lock, you know? Okay. Um, and so he would take me for, he would bring me to buy me a tape, and then he'd either bring me for pizza and pizza in the arcade. That would be my Sunday, every Sunday, you know? Um, so I, that's definitely where it started. And like growing up, I still to this day, like don't watch any TV, pretty much. Yeah. Like, well, maybe because of Netflix, I watched like one show, but sure. I never watched TV as a kid. I never watched sports ever growing up ever. I only watched much music. I only listened to music. That's mm -hmm, it. I used to sit mm -hmm. in my bed, put on a Slipknot CD, put on Mudvayne, put on Le Biscuit, any of those. And I would just sit in my bed and listen to music all day long. Yeah. Or I'd go on the couch and I would just watch MTV. And my dad put a tape recorder connected to the TV. So when there was a song I'd like, I can click record and it would record right to the tape recorder. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So like music obsession, obsession, you know? And then like my uncle's a musician. My cousin is a, is a musician that works at my dad's music school and she's like doing pop. She has like big music video. She's played in the States and everywhere. So it's really like my family's, yeah, it's deep rooted. Yeah, huh. exactly. That's exactly. very cool. Yeah. Um, and let's say, what would, what would you say has been one of your biggest struggles on your journey so far? Uh, ooh, I got a couple. I, don't, I always feel like I need to learn more. Always. I actually called Durbano just last night. And I was like, bro, I have a mission for you. I'm like, find me people at my level or higher that I could pay to do hourly classes with. 
I'm like, because I just need to learn more. I always feel... Limited? I always feel limited. Yeah, I always feel limited. I think part of it has to do with the fact that I'm mainly a drummer. So, like, I hear these synth stabs. I hear these, like, I don't know, just these, like, patterns and synths that I hear other people do. And it's really, really impressive, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, how do they fucking do that? You know, it drives me nuts. Um, and sometimes I get lucky and I do it by drawing it on the computer or using my uh, arterial beat stuff. Yeah. But overall, it just I just feel super limited. So that drives me nuts. You know, that's why my techno is very, very um, drum driven. But not just that. Another thing is that I find the industry for lighter techno, let's say like 130 and, and, and less of more socially accepted techno, I guess you can call it. It's very melodic driven. And the second I throw down a melody, the song like slows down. Now, takes away it the, takes the away drive. the aggression and yeah, the drive of course, like, of course. right away, you know, and my music is all about drive. I don't. When it comes to my techno, I don't care for the goosebumps from the beautiful pads and all that, which which I adore in my deep house. Yeah, but not the direction. No, but for the techno, like I said, I want you to stomp the ground. I want you to punch a hole through the wall. I want you to headbutt glass windows. Like, I want you to go nuts, right? Guys, disclaimer, <laughs> we're not supporting any of your headbutting. <laughs> no, not that I literally want you to do that. You know no, what no, I yeah, mean? Yeah, but I want, sure. I want that power from yeah, it. You yeah, know, yeah. I don't literally want anyone to go and do that. But I want that power out of it, and I want them to dance it out rather than going to do that. I want them to get it through dance, yeah. you know. Um, and so, yeah. So I want, I want that for my techno. And the second I throw it on a pad, it's like fluffy and nice, and it's, it's like, weird how that happens. Yeah, eh? it changes everything. But yet, you almost want that pad because you're like, I love how it feels and sounds. Yeah, of course. But it completely but fucks it the direction. But it could only be during a break. Yeah. It could yeah. only be during a break. After the break, I want it. I want to like. An atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. I want, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Explosions. Yeah, I want expl- I want Slipknot. I always say that I want Slipknot in my techno. You know, and that's it. That's all. And even if it doesn't have to be as aggressive sounding, yeah, yeah. Just but I still want the entire overall vibe to be a stomper. Did you yeah. manage to fuse those worlds at all together with a track? Like how? Like, Take some slip. I ha- I did it years and years and years ago. Yeah. Like maybe like four years ago, I took like Corey Taylor, the singer of Slipknot. I took yeah. his vocal and like played with it, and I put it in a track, and it really worked well. But I haven't done it since. But I really need to. I feel like that would, could be something really cool. Yeah, it's, I really should. What is inspiring it? You're just gonna fuse the worlds together. Yeah. So that could be maybe a niche. Yeah. Of that you're like, oh well, shit. Well, that's what I did is- with my marketing, with my picture, my promo picture. I oh, have yeah, a, yeah, I have yeah. basically a Slipknot jumpsuit with my label on it, you know, and they have a barcode here, and I put the barcode there too. And I get, they each member of Slipknot has a number, yes, and I yes, gave myself yes. my own number on it, you know, because <laughs> like I'm obsessed with that band. I'm obsessed with their old stuff. Their new stuff is still great, but like it I'm just a, evolves. Die, uh, die hard for their old stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are some tips and tricks you can give to new and upcoming producers? Oh, so much. Um, Not everything needs to be sidechained, definitely. Always make room for your kick, always, because that's the backbone. Just like in a band, the backbone of a band is the drummer. He's the rhythm and he's the beat. Yeah. Without a beat, there's no dancing. You know, you could have no drums and it'll be a beautiful piece, but if you want people to move, you need to have your drums, you need to have them present. So always make room for your kick. Something I studied with Maher Daniel years ago, and one thing he told me is less is more so important so important build your track entirely and then just start muting muting tracks out of the out of the song yeah and see how it works how it impacts yeah them. build it up but too much and then start removing that's what i do i build a track fully then i start deleting things until everything sits well um 
delay is very important. Delay will give you grooves that you would never think of on your own, by far. Um, and, not, and don't compress too much. <laughs> it takes away from the low end. Mm -hmm. As you're, far as production, those are my major tips. Major, major tips. You're running out of Ableton or? Ableton, yeah, 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 yeah. Fully? Yeah. Yeah. I've never tried another DAW. I, I tried when I made the, I have an EP coming out in, eight, in August with uh, Mike Laz. Um, and he showed me Logic, but he's great with Logic. And it was cool. There's like the delay that comes, the delay that comes yeah, with the, Logic. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. The options yeah. that come with is incredible. You know, like that, I would use it for that. Um, but I'm not used to anything else. Ableton I use, oh, here's one thing. Omurani. I studied with Omurani as well. Like I said, I love studying with people. It's extremely important to have teachers. I say forget YouTube, you know, forget learning off, off the internet. Have a teacher. Ask questions. Have someone with experience that you can interact with. It's, way more, it's the same thing with my dad's school with uh, people learning guitar. You know, you're going you're gonna to learn bad habits sometimes mm -hmm. off, on, off online. So I studied with Omurani, and one thing he taught me, which I loved, is it's very important to try to use the mouse as least as possible. Learn all the cuts. Oh, it's, shortcuts yeah, with your keyboard? Yeah, shortcuts with keyboard is such a fantastic thing to do. You save so much time, it's so efficient. Um, so that's another important tip I'd give for it. So yeah, and that's why I like Ableton, because I know all the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. you know, if it comes to Logic or anything else, I kind of feel a little lost. You're always better on your own kit. Of course, when you, you know, know your stuff inside out. Even like when I played the drums, I hated playing drums on someone else's kit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just, yeah you're always yeah. comfortable on your own stuff. Even though they're both the same. Drum set. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And how long does it take you, let's say now with your experience, to start and finish a track? Honestly, it really, really varies how hard it flows. So, like, like trust me. I mean, trust me. It's, it's somewhat of a simple song, but I may trust me in like six or seven hours, you know? There's another track I made called Malfunction. It's not out. I think it's like one of my most intriguing tracks yet. And that one took like good like eight hours as well but when i say eight hours the track is made in eight hours but then i take three days because i listen to it in the car I listen course. to it on my headphones yeah. and i'm like you know what that got annoying this needs to change so the structure of the song could take eight hours to a day or two let's yeah. say okay on average but then after that there's going to be three days of me just listening 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 polishing and now it's just like nudging things two dbs cutting off frequency just a tiny bit i'm like you know what the snare's eating my kick i don't like that let me fix this you know stuff like that that i'll go over for the next three days so a full process for a track hopefully should take about three or four days you know but that's committed yeah, when yeah. i'm in the studio my cell phone's in another room i don't answer and i don't You're care not on your internet it's in my other room. facebook my facebook's closed all that stuff is done and i'm just in the in the computer in my studio for like eight hours focused on my track. Mm -hmm. I stop, give my ears a break. I'll play like 15 minutes of PlayStation. PlayStation is my reset button. Because yep. you need to reset, you know? And then I come back to it. Now, I remember we were saying sh uh, when we were eating uh, with Koyu, um, your ears, mm -hmm. you're saying most of the time you're using headphones, a reference headphones? I had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I have terrible, terrible, terrible tinnitus. All like the time? I, when I played a Coda two weeks ago, the guy that, uh, I guess the manager or a uh, couple people that worked at Coda came up to me and they're like, you know, you could raise the booze. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm like, leave it like this. Like, do not raise the booze. Like, I can't do it. And, like, at night I can't sleep. I have to put on, uh, I have like an air purifier that makes noise. Yep. I put on that on and now on my TV, you could turn off the screen and just have audio. Yep. And I put like that meditation music stuff. So between the two, 
it helps with the tinnitus. But otherwise, it's terrible. And the problem is, I drummed for so long, yeah. which ruined my ears. Mm -hmm. And then I produced for like five years. I produced with headphones five years straight. And sorry, just a question. Why not with speakers? Like, what was the, was there just you're more comfortable with it? Or at the time, I couldn't afford good speakers. And the thing is, my HD25, is that HD25, the uh, Sennheiser? Sennheiser yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're fantastic with low end. Yeah. They really represent good bass. Really. And because my tracks are really bass driven, I had A5 atoms, tiny atoms, they have no bass. So I couldn't, you know, for yeah, me, h <laughs> wouldn't exist without massive kicks and huge bass, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was impossible. Right. And then um, I noticed Laz has fantastic speakers and they have good low end without a sub. And my ears have been ringing for so long and they just kept getting worse. So uh, like three months ago, I had to make the switch. So I went and I bought A77X Atoms, they're like really, they're big ones, and uh, and they still don't like. Last night I was like tempted to put my headphones on just to hear the kick perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe you could do that. Maybe you could build build with distance and then reference. I'm gonna do that, but I have to be very short on my ears. They're really bad. Like it's. So is it reversible or like? Okay, so every doctor says no. It's permanent for life. And then I read somewhere that the only thing that will make it less is antidepressants. Okay, which well, I don't want to take, yeah. yeah. And then my cousin, I don't want to get this wrong in case she listens to this. No, but, yeah, we, but she, we, she, we she, love you. She, uh, she got her, her uh, what's it called, like her degree, yeah, uh, or certificate in like, what's it called, homeopathy? Homeopathic. Like, homeopathic. I think it's that that she got, and she did something to me that's similar to Acu what, acupuncture, but yeah. it's not acupuncture. She put like like sticks on me that burn through flame. So what okay. she did is she had this pointy thing, she searched on my hand, and like one point was really painful, and she's like, that's the nerve that's connected to your ear, to your tinnitus. And so she's like, she put this like wick almost like on my finger where it was and lit it. And she kept burning it and I felt nothing, no pain, no pain, no pain. And after like half an hour, it started to burn a bit. And when she was done, my tinnitus was lowered significantly. Like I couldn't believe it, I called her, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, you know, you found a cure, like this is nuts. Now it came back over time, also because of gigs and stuff. So I'm gonna see forget, her again. I think you would need to break from music for maybe I'm wrong, but like for a while. Yeah. To give your ears complete R and R, because I remember seeing Tom Hades. Okay. He had an issue with his ears after one of the gigs, maybe in the last few months, and he was really, I could tell it really affected him. So he took a big break from production from everything, because they need to rest. Huh? Rest. And so maybe if you're coupling what she's doing with that, with that yeah. try a week, see, yeah. and then or like maybe keep it going, but limit it to I'm doing 10 hours a week max on studio if you do 20, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to see because okay. it only could get worse. Yeah, and I don't know what that means in the future because you're still young, you know. I like I saw uh, what's it called? I saw one of the doctors for the ears, like NRA or something, and uh, he told me that right now my ears are okay, surprisingly. Okay. But in 10 years, at the rate I'm going, 10 years, I'll need hearing aids. 10 years. Oh. By the time I'm 42, I'm like, hey, how are you telling me my ears are okay, but I'm going to need it in 10 years? So Maybe it accumulates. Yeah, Like of he's course. like, you're okay, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, here yeah. now. Exactly. So my cousin told me that I can get uh, wireless monitor earplugs. Okay. They're like $2,000. So instead of getting regular earplugs molded for like 300 bucks, I can get monitors so I could like, they'll be connected to the mixer and I can hear the music through the earplugs. But it won't be, you know what I mean? Cause that's what she does. She does pop music. So she's on these big stages and yeah, whatnot. Of course. So she uses those cause she can't use the $300 ones. It blocks too much. 
so I was thinking of getting that if uh, if I have to. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, I you gotta you gotta make that decision. But yeah. I would say do a bunch of tests. Yeah. So and then if you have no choice and you I'm need that, burn my finger again first. Yeah. Burn all fucking burn finger my off. Finger like crazy. We're good. We're good. Just yeah. start fucking fire on it. Oh my god. Okay. Cool. Um, so tell us about your your new label. Well, new. It's relatively new, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. Starscream, right? Yeah. yeah, that's it. So my first impression, because I didn't know, I was like, "Wow, Decepticons, dude! Yeah, I know exactly. Starscream's crazy." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Nah, wait, that's it has funny. to be." Because I remember also a band. Yeah. It was like a metal or something. Yeah. Like, and so then I'm like, "Okay, that probably makes more sense." Well, basically, it's almost like the label is like a tribute to Slipknot. Yeah. Because so Slipknot has nine members. I hope I'm right. Um, and one of them is a DJ. Okay. okay. And on the side, aside from Slipknot, his DJ name is Starscream. Uh, because he's okay. obsessed with Transformers. There so he go. named it after, yeah, Starscream Decepticon. Um, so uh, I put a K in it, right? Yes. Because also Slipknot has the K, so they use yeah. K with everything. With and, obsessed, and I'm obsessed, I mean obsessed with Mortal Kombat. Right. Which is also, they put a K for everything as well. So everything ties in together. Side note, did you try 4 on PS4? The, the new you, one? Yeah. Okay, listen, you want to hear something really crazy real yeah. quick? Okay, so first thing, I bought a statue of Sub-Zero. I saw the trailer of the new Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's it Mortal Kombat 11, nuts. okay? I saw the trailer. I went, I bought a statue, handmade, okay? This big, a life-size bust of Sub-Zero. Approved. I get, it comes with white gloves so you don't touch it, Okay. And it comes with a certificate from Warner Bros. It's 100 of 200 in the world. Only They only had Sub-Zero or you could choose They anyone? have Sub-Zero and they have uh, Scorpion. Scorpion, yeah. And Scorpion too is I wanted hot. Scorpion was always my favorite, but the Sub-Zero bus is just way crazier okay. how it looks. You know? yeah. But I wanted to get both, but it's like... Yeah, of course. So, um, so one of 200... I, I have a hundredth of 200 in the world. Stamps and sign Warner Bros. Like official. Okay? Yeah. Just because I saw the trailer. Then I bought the digital copy... And then I find out that they're also coming out with a collector's copy. The box is huge. Yes, I saw and that. it comes with the mask. Okay, I have to buy that too. Of course. So I bought that one. I don't open it. <laughs> yeah, you don't and have, I have to the touch digital it. copy. You have, yeah, that's yeah, perfect. Like perfect. obsessed, obsessed, you know? That's crazy. Anyways, yeah. yeah, I'll go talk about it. Uh, yeah, so you started the label based on him? Based on based on Slipknot slash Starscream. Yeah, who's Sid from Slipknot. Um, and yeah, so I wanted, because I wanted, I, I find that Slipknot's vibe is unmatched. It's just unmatched. How they play the rhythm, the pace, everything about it is unmatched. It's like there's so much thrill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's what I want my label to be about. I want it to be aggressive. I want it to be unmatched. I want it to be just thrill, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it was a tribute to, to, to Slipknot in that sense. Very cool. Yeah. And how's it going? How's, like, what's So far, your- it's going good. It's slow and steady. I don't want to release too much at all, at all. I find there's two types of labels out there. There's labels that release constantly. Yeah, they make money, and it's fine, but I find that it saturates. You get lost. You get lost, and it saturates. You know, when, I, when I'm looking for music, I, I don't enjoy looking for music. When I have a gig, I'm like, ugh. I'm just like, ugh, I got to look for music. I hate doing Unless this. Unless I'll just make the, because, all the tracks. Yeah, normally, play. that's what I do. That, that, that's what pushed me to produce so much was that I, I was like, you know what, I'll just play my own music because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said there's so much garbage out there. So like I'm going, but it's true about all music. I used to search for metal all day the same way I do on Beatport and it was like so much garbage. A lot. So that's what I hate, you know. So I told myself I'm going to go slow and I want it to be quality only. Um, so I don't care if it's two releases a year or 10. If I get 100 
great tracks, then I'm pushing 100 tracks a year. If I get one, then it's one. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Very cool. And uh, I've gotten some of my favorite people on the label, which I was happy about. I have Industrializer doing a remix uh, in August for me and Laz, which I was happy about. Dave's a drummer. I was super happy nice. with and Vejam, he's like he makes hard sh hard okay, shit. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, I had him do one too as well. But uh, yeah, slow and steady, slow and steady. I get demos. Sometimes I get like demos that really don't belong in my inbox. I'm like, did you even yeah, listen to the label? Holy fuck! Yeah, you must get them. Shit, yeah, you've been around, your your label's been around for a while. You must yeah. be getting demos of all kinds, and especially no like makes no sense. Yeah, and it almost discourages me to listen. Yeah, because you get so many of these things, and it's like. You really didn't. You just pushed out whatever you're pushing out. Don't you take fucking five seconds to say, well, let me limit it Who to, am I sending to what I sound like. Like, oh where would God. you fucking get signed? Oh, my God. I don't. Do you get. I'm sure you get emails where it shows like 20 emails. Yeah, those are the fuck ups. The I'm BCCs like, come on. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And then you know everyone that he sent it to. Everyone. And then I'm it starts getting replied. They're like, dude, why did you just include. Hey, oh, my sure. God. I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah. But they'll learn. It's a different game, the labels now. I find from when we started in 2013 to now, it's changed so much, man. Yeah. And, well, and actually, I, I, mine's new. I don't, I don't even know too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you, has, you, huh? It's, it's going to, I guess, everything just continuously changes. That's yeah, the way yeah. the game. And I think it's a lot of work. So you got to be prepared for that. But I mean, if you have the philosophy you have with everything else you're doing, I think you're on a great path. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. like you said about releasing quality. That the way I see when I used to work with TrackSource and handling the techno, there was over a thousand tracks a week that I was going through. So you can imagine how many oh, exist. Oh, yeah, you were working yeah. with TrackSource. So, right. dude, imagine, and I'm like, a thousand a week. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's yeah. just what made it because there's so many and there's the. So, could you imagine where, like, how do you differentiate? Now, the box, before you could find gems, you still have to always hustle. You got to go deep layers. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, but it was like you were finding them. Yeah. Now it's just too much cookie cutter. It's too much. Yeah. So exactly. you're like, you really have to People choose. People are buying rules. templates to make their of tracks. Of course, man. I'm like, geez. But that's the difference between, in my opinion, I could be wrong. That's the difference between someone who will be like a B artist. You yeah. know, they'll make a living, kind of. They'll always, but they'll never, never be those stars that yeah. they want to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, and I think that's one thing. Like, I never knew. I think one advantage, advantage to me uh, in my career was that I didn't know. What, I think the fact that I didn't know what I was doing was the biggest advantage ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know that, like, a hat is supposed to be on the end. Like, one end, two end, three end. You know, I didn't know that. So, because I didn't know that, just because I didn't think of it. I'm a drummer. Like, I should have known that. But, but because you, I was just, you're like, just drumming it. Yeah. So, you're I was not just thinking. making anything. Yeah, and by yeah. doing that, it made me different. You know? And like by, I didn't know templates existed at all. I remember when, when I brought Maher my track, I didn't use any samples at all, none. And like I don't care what anybody says, a lot of people use samples. And it's not like they use samples to make their whole track, but sometimes they just want to have an atmosphere in the background, so they throw that on. Nothing wrong with any no, of, of that. But I didn't know that. And he's like, oh, put this. And he throws like an atmosphere, just like a, almost like a noise. A filler, yeah, yeah, and he put side chained it lightly and it made like a little bit of a groove. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that, you yeah. know? And because I didn't know that, I was trying so hard to fill everything on my own. So it was making me make unique music in a sense. Which is know? key. Yeah, of especially course. Especially now. Of course. Like unique is always key, but especially when there's so much noise. Yeah. You need to stand out. Otherwise, 100%. what are you aiming for? People need to know your sound. I think the most important thing in, your career, in anyone's career is that you need to have your own sound. And I know for me, I'll never forget the one time that I realized I had my own sound was um, Mike Vath, Sven Vath's brother. I played one of my tracks years ago. Yeah. And someone wrote, this sounds like Aatrox. 
And then, like, I didn't know who this person was, you know? Right. It was just someone on SoundCloud, and I was like, that's incredible, because it was my track. Right, yeah. right. So, so it's I was like, signature. holy shit. So, yeah, so I was like, finally, I was like, okay, I have my sound. It sounds like it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then throughout the years, like, I would talk to people, and people would define my sound, you know? Like, they would say things that I wanted to hear about my track to know that I nailed it, you know? Which means that I think because you have so much conviction and so much belief in Slipknot and what it's calling from you, you're putting it out <laughs> into cool the, you know it. what I mean? Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's fucking, that's amazing. Yeah. That's what people struggle with. Yeah, self-identity, Yeah, guess. exactly. You yeah. knew going in, this is what I want. Yeah. People are like, what do the people want? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's exactly. where you fuck up. But that's what slowed me down at first, exactly, was I was always looking at, you know, I had people in Montreal, even like especially people in Montreal that I looked up to, so I tried to be too much like them, and it always put me in their shadows. Yep. You know, it always yep. put me in everyone's shadows. And then when the second, like I made a track, I made a track about this, and it's my own vocals, and the track's called "For Me." And I'm like, people don't give, a, people don't give a fuck about yeah, you. Yeah, you know, yeah. nobody cares. That's why I do this for me. And that's what the whole track is about. And I always have this argument with Ohm. Ohm's like, what do you make the music for? You make it for, oh no, no. You know what, Ohm used to say what I would say and I used to argue with him. And now I realize he's right. He's like, who do you make the music for? And I'm like, them. He's like, no, you make it for you. And it's so true, when I make the track, when I take criticism, I take it with a, uh, with a grain of salt. People are like, you should do this and that. I'm like, I should, but I won't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cause mm -hmm. I like it like this, you know? Sometimes I take their advice, 100%. Yeah, sometimes you, you could know? not be thinking of 100%, something. 100%, like have... some, if they tell me the track's too crowded, you know, there's certain criticism that I know right away I should listen to and some that I'm like, no. Yeah, 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 if they yeah. tell me the track is too crowded, if they feel confused because there's too much going on, stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I listen to it, you know? Yeah. But sometimes like they'll be like, I don't like the sound of the vocal. I'm like, well, I'll do, <laughs> so I'm keeping it. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, and I keep it like that. And at the, at the end of the day, Damien, the Unity, he always says this to me, always. And it's, it's a big compliment coming from him was he used to always tell me like, you're putting a little too much in the track or it sounds a little too metallic. And that was at the beginning of my, of my uh, career. And I still stuck with it, but I would nudge it down. I would take his advice, but I'd still stick to it. And now he always tells me, he's like, I don't know how you made it work, but you made it work. It's incredible. Oh my God, he's always like, impressed mm -hmm, with how mm -hmm. I made it work with always filling my tracks to the brim, but still not hitting that too much button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Giving each sound its space. Yeah. yeah. The Unity is someone else who like, I wouldn't be where I am without him. He helped me so much. He gave me so many tips. That guy goes out of his way and to help people. And he has so much experience. Man. So much experience. <laughs> crazy. So much. And it's crazy how, how like, where he, he's so far in his career and he still goes out of his way to help people. Yeah. Him and Dirty Socks. Dirty Socks, he, he's endless help. Out of nowhere. Not just with music. He'll just, he'll just like message me and be like, I don't know if you saw it, but Bitcoin's going up. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, yeah, right. Just like, just like, hey, you know, like, just like, lets me alerts me of things, like always, even stocks, anything. Yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. He's so kind. They're good people, and it's really good to associate your people with with these kind of people in, in the industry. Yeah, of you know? course. You need to align because there's so much out there that's. Oh, of course. Yeah. We end our shows with rapid fire questions. Yeah, cool. One word answer, super quick. Uh, pineapple on pizza. No. Your favorite food. Oh my God, Italian. I couldn't think of it. I, I, lasagna came to mind, so. Okay. Favorite sport? Soccer. Fair enough. Your favorite alcoholic beverage? Oh, Jameson. Uh, Autobots or Decepticons? Oh, I guess Decepticons. I was always torn. Yeah? I love them both for different reasons. But I, I don't know. Like, I think Autobots, I don't know, Prime was really my boy. You know what? Okay, He's so such a growing up, I had so many action figures of him. 
but I think just because it has that tie with Slipknot, yes, is why I went that direction. You know, <laughs> right away I thought I thought Slipknot, so I was Star like, yeah, 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 exactly, sure. Starscream. Uh, okay, so the floor is yours. Tell the people what you got coming up, like gigs, releases. Uh... Um, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, so what do I have coming up in July? Oh yeah, so what's next is I'm playing at Avalon in Hollywood. Yep. Then I'm playing in Orange County, and then San Diego. Um, that that Mike Lee Dirty Socks really helped me out with, uh, and Durbano. Durbano helps me through everything. I yeah. big shout out to him. Um, and then I have uh, in August I am playing. I am playing the SAT in the Dome, with a special guest, and then I'm playing uh, Chile. I have two gigs in Chile. Very nice. Uh, on the 23rd and 24th, I believe, and then I'm playing PY1 September 1st. And then I'm playing at Stereo, but I can't say more than that, I That's think. Perfect. You know how they are. They'll find out. Yeah, yeah. they like to keep their surprises. They're good at it. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, and then I got, I got a release on Craft Tech coming out called Make You Dance, where I say I want, to, I want you to stomp the ground. You know, let me put the point out there. That comes out July 7th. Um, then I have, I have a VA, a track coming out on Analytic Trail, Mark Antonio's label. This one I'm really, really excited for. It's like, it's more, it's a drum and bass techno track, you could say. Yep. And it talks, the vocals are exactly what I want about my music. I talk about, it's called Nothing Left. And I say that like, there's nothing left for me. You know, every morning I wake up, I haven't made it every morning I wake up. Um, I see that there's nothing left for me. And that's the point. I want people to come be like, ah, I didn't make it today, you know, and, and stomp out their mm -hmm, music. Mm -hmm. Then I have my, I'm trying to finish up an EP on Craft Deck as well. I've got an album coming out on Analytic Trail, and I have my EP with an industrializer and Mike Laz on my label, August 23rd. Very cool. Yeah, and I think that's it. And where do people find you on socials? On social, oh yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram is Atrox Official. Uh, SoundCloud is Atrox. Uh, Facebook is Atrox as well. I guess Twitter, but I never really use it. I got boring content on there. Maybe I should work on it. <laughs> um, and Resident Advisor, but even that, I don't. I haven't updated yet. But oh, and Spotify, yeah, Spotify, yeah. yeah. Super important for artists. Spotify, <laughs> check me out on that. Go listen. Go stream yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, please. man. Yeah. Pleasure to have man, this talk. Man, thank you so much. I was looking forward to this. So yeah, it was great. Sure. Thank great you. Great talk, brother. Be well. Ciao.